Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 7 of Genesis chapter 9. And we're going to begin reading in verse 12. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in a cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. In these verses, we see that the token of the covenant, and the word token is a Hebrew word that's also translated as miracle or sign, and sign would fit best. The sign of the covenant that God is making with Noah mankind with animals and with the earth after the flood is a sign that is a rainbow. And and that's what God says in verse 13. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token or a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. The sign of the covenant with Abraham was circumcision. The sign of the covenant God is making in the year 4989, in the time that the earth is dried after the flood, is a bow that shall be seen in the cloud. Now, the Hebrew word translated as bow is 7198, and it's the typical word for bow and arrow. Often, you read of um, a man uh, pulling back a bow to shoot an arrow. It's this same Hebrew word. And uh, actually it's used more in that manner than it is as rainbow. It's only used with the idea of a rainbow a couple of times in the Old Testament. Well, is there maybe a mistake? Are we understanding things incorrectly when we're thinking of the multicolored um, image that appears after the rain in, in the clouds above? Should we, we have more the idea of a bow and bow and arrow? No, because every time God speaks of a rainbow, or, or he uses the word bow, in connection with clouds, it does point to the idea of a rainbow. 
and we'll we'll see that Ezekiel chapter one. Ezekiel one is the chapter where Ezekiel is receiving divine revelation from God. God is breaking the barrier of the natural and is making a supernatural appearance. The Lord is showing himself to Ezekiel and, and it's a fantastic image that, that God shows him, a very complex image of what is called living creatures. And the living creatures are a representation of the glory of God. It is picturing God himself. And God is a very complex being. Uh, he, he is an eternal, almighty, all-knowing being. And the Lord in the Bible tries to tell us about himself by giving himself many names, by telling us of his attributes and characteristics and and so forth. And in Ezekiel 1, we're not going to read um, all the things that are said about these living creatures, but uh, it, it just shows, it, it demonstrates that we can't picture God, that, that we cannot uh, sort of grasp him or, or completely grab a hold of him because he is so great, so infinite, so far above us. And, and, and so as we read the account in Ezekiel 1, we really come away with no better understanding or not much more of an understanding than we had before we read it. But in this chapter of Ezekiel 1, we read of these living creatures, again, who are a representation of eternal God. And it says in verse 26, And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw, as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Jehovah. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and heard a voice of one that spake. Well, we can see from this description of this appearance of a man, um, as it says, um, the, the likeness of his throne, the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And then... Uh, this man is said to have the appearance of fire round about, or, or, or it's all associated here, a fire round about within it from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward. I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. So, the brightness comes from the appearance of fire, and the next verse, 28, tells us, As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, 
so was the appearance of the brightness round about. The, the brightness is as the bow that appears in the clouds in the time of rain or day of rain. And the brightness is related to fire as the appearance of fire. And fire identifies with judgment. And, and the man who is giving this appearance of fire and brightness and and also the, the rainbow and the cloud and the day of rain is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ has experienced fire or the wrath of God. He has gone through it and paid the penalty for the sins of his people. And, of course, come out the other side. He, he has died and been raised from the dead, and returned to life. This is similar in some ways to what we read in Revelation chapter 1, when the Apostle John uh, was being spoken to, and the voice was like um, the sound of a trumpet. And it says in verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters." And here we we see that Christ's eyes are related to a flame of fire and his feet like they were burned in a furnace because Jesus went through the fires of the wrath of God, the fires of hell, and hell is the grave or death. And that's where this appearance of the bow is coming from. Because the bow in Genesis chapter 9, is appearing after the judgment. I think that's the link with what we're reading of that image, that representation of the glory of God in Ezekiel 1, that that we see the brightness comes from the man who is identified with fire, and the rainbow is likened to the brightness. And so Christ as he stands in the aftermath, as he has gone through the judgment of God, is just like a rainbow. The the rainbow appears in the cloud, as it says in Ezekiel 1, in the day of rain. And so the rain has fallen, the flood has come, the destruction has overtaken the earth, the world has been destroyed. All the wicked of the world have been destroyed. And so the judgment has taken place. Then comes the rainbow. And likewise, the Lord Jesus Christ has experienced the judgment. The judgment, in his case, has already occurred. It it took place at the foundation of the world. And so the rainbow identifies with him. It identifies with really the aftermath or the effects that take place after 
the judgment has come. And so we see it there. We also see in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 10, it says in verse 1, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Once again, the mighty angel here coming down from heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, he's clothed with a cloud. Wherever we find rainbows, we'll find they're associated with clouds. Clouds in the Bible, one important spiritual identification that clouds have are that they relate to the word of God. In Numbers chapter 9, Numbers 9, and this is the same word cloud that we find in Genesis chapter 9. It says in verse 17 of Numbers 9, And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed, and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of Jehovah, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of Jehovah, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of Jehovah, and journeyed not. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of Jehovah, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of Jehovah, they journeyed. And and here, God links the movement of the cloud upon the tabernacle to his commandment. Again and again, actually, it goes on a couple of more verses and the Lord doesn't want us to miss it because he, he repeats himself several times. He speaks of the movements of the cloud, and then he speaks of his commandment. At the commandment of Jehovah, at the commandment of Jehovah, the, the cloud moved, Israel moved. And the cloud's movement was akin to the commandment of Jehovah. And where do we find the commandments of Jehovah? in the Word of God, the Bible. And, uh, you know, this identification between clouds and the Word of God has great significance for many verses, such as in Matthew 24. I'll just quickly turn there, just so we see how uh, it really adds or gives much understanding to what God is saying in a verse. In Matthew 24, 29, we know it's immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. Then it speaks of the sign of the Son of Man appearing in verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The clouds identify with the commandments of God. The commandments of God are found in the Bible. And the coming of Christ in judgment, the Bible has revealed, is a spiritual coming. 
just as he came in judgment on the churches and congregations, not visibly, nobody saw Christ come and remove his candlestick. He, he did it spiritually. Likewise, when he came to judge the world on May 21, 2011, he did not come visibly. He came in the clouds. That is, when God's people read the commandments of Jehovah, the word of God, the Bible, they learn that Christ came in spiritual judgment on that date, and so they see him coming in the clouds with power and great glory. This is why the people of God believe and and hold on to the idea that Judgment Day has begun and is currently underway, and we're we're well into it. But in Revelation ten one, where the mighty angel is uh, another reference to to the Lord Jesus, he's clothed with a cloud. That is, Christ is clothed with the Word of God. He's the Word made flesh, and a rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. There again is Jesus and a rainbow upon his head. And the understanding that we're getting, that that we're developing, that the rainbow comes after the judgment is why it is on his head. Because again, it's a sign. It, it's a token of the covenant that God has made with his elect people. And the sign points to that Jesus has paid the penalty. The works are finished. The atonement was accomplished at the foundation of the world. The law demanded death. Christ made the payment to satisfy the law's demands, thereby freeing those people whose sins he was bearing. And now, it's like the rainbow after the flood. There, There is no demands anymore for death. The wages of sin is death, the law says. The, the law no longer demands that from God's elect, from those whose sins have been paid for, and and so the rainbow is a sign to the people of God that just as it was to the people of the world after the flood, God will not bring judgment again with the waters of a flood. Now that was a particular sign for a particular kind of judgment, but what it represents overall is that the law of God is satisfied with the judgment outpoured upon the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of his people and God will no longer require any additional judgment insofar as payment is concerned. Now remember, Christ still had to come and, and demonstrate things, and the people of God must make their appearance, as we're presently doing before the judgment seat of God, but that's not payment. That's not the law demanding payment. There's other factors involved concerning why Jesus necessarily had to go to the cross in time in 33 AD, and why the elect must appear before the judgment seat 
in the day of judgment in our day. But in so far as payments concern, it's the rainbow. The, the rainbow in the cloud, the testimony of the word of God that declares God's people are safe and secure. Now, remember what the Lord says in Isaiah 54. In Isaiah 54, uh, God speaks of saving uh, actually the entirety of his people, the first fruits of the church age and the great multitude. Then he transitions into the day of judgment with the language of a small moment. In Isaiah 54, verse 7, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith Jehovah thy Redeemer. There's no question he's speaking to the elect, because he intends to have everlasting kindness upon them, and and mercy upon them, and and it's just a small moment, and that small moment identifies with Judgment Day and our being forsaken for the reason of testing. That's one way God will forsake his people, to try or test them. He'll never actually forsake us. That's an impossibility because he indwells us. But, well, we won't get into that, but notice what it says next in verse 9 of Isaiah 54. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. You see how God relates that back to everlasting kindness, to the mercy that he plans to have on his people into eternity future. It's as the waters of Noah and the uh, swearing, the promise that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth is likened to his promise, his swearing So have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. And again, speaking directly to each one that he has saved, it is like the waters of Noah that will never again come upon the earth. That is, the wrath of God is as the waters of Noah. And that's why the rainbow is such a wonderful thing. The, the rainbow does testify that God will not destroy the world with the waters of a flood. But it also is a testimony, it's a witness of God's intention not to destroy us, period. Not to bring annihilation upon us where, where we perish and are cut off and cease to exist forevermore. Not to destroy us in judgment. But the rainbow indicates that God will not again bring judgment upon his people. Now, we've seen in Genesis 9 how things are picking up and looking onward because history has to move on, continue to unfold. And in Genesis 8, we saw after they came out of the ark and 
stepped out on dry ground, that that was a glorious picture of the entry into the new heaven and new earth. Well, so is the rainbow uh, The spiritually goes along with that idea with the end of time, with the final judgment of mankind and the destruction of the world complete. Then is when it, it, it all that God has sworn to his people, his everlasting kindness takes effect. And so this rainbow actually has much more significance than just the lack of um, a physical flood overtaking the earth. It really is a wonderful, beautiful sign God has given to his people concerning his intent to grant them everlasting life. They will live forevermore. You know, there's an interesting thing about the rainbow in Revelation chapter 10, or the reference to a rainbow that we see in Revelation 10, verse 1. We, again, the mighty angel comes down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. We know it's Jesus, and there's the rainbow. And what does the rainbow signify? What is the token, or what is the sign of the rainbow? God will not again bring judgment. He will no more bring the waters of a flood. And it so happens that God likened judgment day by the flood, but more than that, the statement in Genesis 7 verse 4 of yet seven days and I'll bring the waters of a flood, the Lord related it to 7,000 years. And and then God uh, further made a connection between the flood and, and the final judgment of the world by having the date 7,000 years later be May 21, 2011, that had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month, the very day the flood began. In other words, May 21, 2011 greatly identifies with the flood because both are, are worldwide judgments. And in Revelation 9, we read of Judgment Day, and it speaks of five months, just as from the 17th day of the second month in Noah's day, there was 150 days. Five months in which everything with the breath of life died. And we spoke about that. So Revelation 9 goes on to illustrate, to detail, to in some length, really, Judgment Day and the five months. It, it is uh, uh, very much similar in character to Genesis chapter 7's flood account. And what do we find in Revelation 10 verse 1? A rainbow. Now, I know Revelation 9 only got into two woes and the third woe appears in Revelation 11. But really, the way that the chapter is written, it's as though this is judgment day and everything about Revelation 9 um, beginning to end, relates to Judgment Day. And then comes the opening statement of Revelation 10.1, where we see the Lord Jesus Christ and the rainbow, signifying judgment is past. Judgment will no more 
Come upon my people. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.